we reach today the third section of the priestly prayer of Jesus. The moment in which Jesus prays for you and for me, because he's praying for those who will believe through the testimony of the apostles. And notice the things that Jesus is asking for. I think they can be summarized in the section in he's praying for unity, he's praying for the Father's glory to be given to us, and also that we may be able to partake in the life of God, what we call the idea of grace or participation in divine life. So let's maybe unravel a bit of these. The first one is unity. Um, we have the, I think, the experience that to achieve unity, to achieve profound unity of uh, vision and plans among people is not an easy thing. I mean, we see divisions not just among nations, but also in, at every level of human life. And so when you see a group of people that are uh, united, but not through coercion or being pressured into a sort of uniformity, but just willingly one, uh, I would say that's, that's pretty much remarkable. That, that's not something we see very often. And, and that's, um, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, in fact. It's, it's something that, uh, that Christ prayed for. So we know that for humanity, wounded by sin, that profound unity of heart and mind, that concord of wills, it's really unattainable. But yet it's something that we desire. You know, we suffer division. We, we, we have a hard time accepting that reality of strife and, and animosity or, you know, divides that constantly are, we constantly find on the face of society. And yet it seems we cannot avoid it. So Jesus says, praise for us that we may attain this unity that he will accomplish in his saints. Right? This profound unity that is, first of, in the first place, is found in, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So God has this kind of unity. Uh, but now he, he prays that we will also receive that same unity. The second idea is that of glory. <clears throat> Without entering into many, you know, details here, but I, I think that the glory that Jesus is referring to is is uh, greatness that is acknowledged, right? There's uh, glory is basically a, 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 some kind of greatness that is acknowledged, manifested to other people and acknowledged by them. That that's what I would call glory, right? Um, and as Pascal, Blaise, Blaise Pascal, the great French philosopher, said there's three types of greatness. There's the first greatness according to the world, the greatness of fame and riches and wealth and power. Um, well, that's the first kind, he says. But then there's a second level of greatness, which is the level of the mind, the intellect, and the genius for art. Think of Bach, Michelangelo, you know, great artists, great like Einstein, great uh, mathematicians, and so on. But then there's a third level of greatness, that, that is the level of holiness. And here we find, you know, our Blessed Mother and Christ himself, obviously, and St. Paul. And, well, he, Jesus is saying to the Father, give them that greatness, not the greatness according to the world, the greatness of, you know, money, the greatness of human, you know, or, uh, physical uh, strength, uh, numbers, but give them the glory of holiness. That's true greatness, that's the highest level of greatness. And you have to be 
illumined by God to recognize it. You know, if you're if you live not according to the Holy Spirit, you will even see this kind of greatness. You know, you might even despise it in in some ways. Uh, you know, charity and goodness may look as weakness for someone who who rejects uh, the ways of God. Um, okay, and finally, something we see also woven in this passage is the idea that because Christ became man, you know, Jesus is the mediator between God and man, and so the life that only exists in God, in, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is now given to us in some way. We can participate in this life of God, and so we can understand things, and love, and, and desire, and relate to others in a way that only God does. With the transparency, the openness, the assurance that, that only God has, right? Um, and so we are included in, 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 in we are invited into the realm of God, uh, into a level of um, holiness and goodness that, that we would not have access to on our own. Um, so take this to your meditation. Again, I've been insisting on these meditations that maybe taking a verse-by-verse verse approach, it would, it's very helpful if you have the time. Or just maybe for this one, place yourself in, in, in the upper room and imagine Jesus praying for you and asking each of these things for you. And try to, you know, meditate on what each of these things mean for you, for you and what you want to say to the Lord in response for each of these things He's asking for, your, for you.